ages past, in a world called Spanth, the land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... Of Dragon Town. Hello and welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Hey. Original Dungeons and Dragons adventure, powered entirely by the proceeds from the 1994 classic Baby's Day Out, starring mm. Adam Robert Warden and Jacob Joseph Warden as Baby Bink. Classic. I am I am Jamie, your host and game master. Thank you, David. And to the video box below me, we have. Justice Donatello Whiskers, the pure. Rodri Wilder Swampheads. Crobin Dornapple. Gallivan Orvelis. That's right, Morrison. Are you going to hit us with the recap today? Yes, last time on MQBD. Uh, the gentlemen went into the Hall of Floating Candles. Each candle, someone's fate. The fates. Clothis, Loxier, and the old one uh, <laughs> tried to get the boys to give them the destinescence. And pretty much the whole time, the boys were just <laughs> trying to figure out if they wanted to do that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole episode. And you guys sure. wouldn't let me do the recap. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was put great. on a cool voice. I think um, he did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that um, it? Nothing else happens, That's, right? that's exactly I mean, what I would have said. <laughs> yeah, that's not about right. You guys also learn a lot about how the world works and all, but it's a, too much to sum I up mean, in a fucking yeah. recap. Yeah, you gotta so go you did as well as you absolutely that. could have. <laughs> we cut yeah. back to the group. I'm assuming hours and maybe even days have passed while you guys Definitely. have been standing there talking. Who knows how time works in this place? It's true. And then their funerals. Rondre has a white, a white beard. Oh, a wait, big, none of this beard. that we know about. I forgot. We pan through candles, woof, 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 through the void of space, and we land amongst our huddled heroes. So, what are you guys, um, what do you think, what do you think you should do? What are you going to do? Pen, I think, I think we're going to give it to them. Okay. Yeah, but we're not happy about it. Well, at least I'm not. So I'm going to really rake him over the coals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're kind of nice, so I don't actually like that, but... Um, I don't mean it in a mean way. I just meant the expression. Like, Oh, you're just going to like... Worth we're it. going to nicely rake them over the coals. Look. Okay, yeah. Look, fates. Right. Oh, oh, are, are you ready? Yeah, I think we're ready. Listen, I want to say I'm not exactly happy about the decision we've come to, but... Uh, I knew you wouldn't I, be. I realize I can't figure out whether I can trust you or how things really work. There's just no way for me to ever know that. And basically we decided that helping you guys will help the majority of people. It's so true. They Maybe. nod. Maybe. I have I have one small caveat, though. I would like... Back to the huddle. Of, what, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> one of the things I would like... I, I am just curious what this destinescence tastes like. So I, I would like to have one of my things be to have a little vial or sip of it. That's all. Yeah, and I want four things instead of three things. <laughs> <laughs> they look around at each other, and they look back to you, Galvin, and they go, we do require most all of the destinescence in your possession, but 
we might be able to part with enough for you to taste some and feel a difference. That would be great. I am just curious, you know, what happens. It would be one of your three boons, but we could arrange that, yes. Wonderful. And as for you, and then Moiropa, like, steps forward and interrupts, and she goes, No! Three (laughs) things! Don't get greedy! Five things your deal's off. (laughs) They just stare at you, like deadpan. I'm just kidding. So time to go to Boontown. All right! Step right up. Let's uh, start with them. Um, let's go in order of height. Small fry, get up here. Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to the giant lion man. Yes, of course. Hobble on over. I mean, Ped's also small fry. Right, but she's not getting any boons, is she? That's true. Well, I guess first and foremost, before we do the boons... Can we be expecting all three bottles, or are you going for the lesser one or two bottle route? All three minus the small sample, you know. Yes, of course, minus the small sample. Yes, yes. Excellent. Okay. We want the boons first, or no deal. first. We <laughs> will shake on the deal first, and mm. then we will give you the boons. Shaky, shaky, then boony, right, boony. Sounds fair. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, the three of them uh, go shaking all of your hands. Uh, each one of you shakes at least one of their hands, um, but not all three. God, we're all trading SARS CoV 2 right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they're Whiskers. like, hey, roll a constitution check. Um, no. bro- oh Whiskers has a mask on. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we didn't notice. Smart. We were in wear, we wear an N95 we one of those duck looking ones. This whole time. Oh, shit. So smart. <laughs> Whiskers always so health conscious. Again. Well, he's immune oh, to disease. So. Ooh, that's true. That's Here's why. Me. That's why, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they all shake your hand, and Loxia stepped forward, and she goes, okay. Rondri, Wilner, Swimfins, what three boons may we bestow upon you? Well, Agor was such a crucial member to the party during that last battle. I would like to uncurse him. A noble cause. We can do this, and we'll do it. And I saw some dope-ass sneaks when I came in. Mm -hmm. I like them. I don't want to step in, Rondri, but... Does Igor want to be changed? Everybody looks over to Igor and he, he looks... He's he making kind of... out with that blonde one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. Um, no, you all look over to Igor and he looks back to you and his eye goes wider than normal if possible. And he looks to you and he goes, um, Igor, no, no, his old life. But Igor knows feeling in his... Chest. Igor knows it would feel good. It felt good. So, yes. Whiskers he looks back to you, back. And, and there's a little bit of like, like water welling in his eye that he kind of like, like looks at and like wipes away quickly. And like, ah, I don't know what that is. It's yes, it's tears, my man. No, 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 no. no. And I hug him. No, master, friend. Is his tear like a whole cup of water? Yeah, it's a pint. (laughs) It's a big tear. It sure is. So he looks to you, Rondri, and he gives you one solemn nod. And he goes, Igor would be forever grateful and would 
always remember, Romulan. Thank you, Agar. You were a great service to us. It's only uh, fair. And he kind of wiggles his hand side to side, like, Argh. thank you. And, and for my third, third boon? I, I'm having trouble deciding which will make me smarter. Actual intelligence or knowing my fate? Hmm. Well, if we may offer some advice, we would recommend hearing your fate. It is quite a rare opportunity. In fact, no mortal has experienced such a thing before, and we would even be curious to see what effect it might have. And stands to reason, surely if you know what awaits you now, the potential to change it is higher. We would assume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know. We're just the fates, but we, you know, we can just assume. It's never happened before. It's unprecedented. Can I have some time to decide my third? Yes, yes. Take your time, of course. But for now, and then Moiropa just like balls her hand into a fist and then kind of lifts it up, turns it around, palm upwards, and then opens each finger one at a time and a scattering of, of magic starlight dust kind of twinkles out towards Igor and Igor is kind of sees it as it comes and it just kind of starts swirling around him and picks him up and his arms lift up into the air he's lifted up and there is a slight wind that kind of picks up as as starlight just starts swirling all around him and he begins spinning and spinning and spinning until his entire body and everything that he is is completely obscured from all of you and then when he slows down and he stops spinning, and he kind of starts to rotate slower and slower. You see that the figure in this starlight robe, who is kind of who kind of disappeared because he was wearing a starlight robe, and he's against starlight. So you kind of like lost track of him. But then, as he slows down and stops rotating, you see the figure that you, some of you, witnessed before in Joa Elijah's memories. The figure of the elderly. Extractor Piero. As he is gently lowered to the ground, this older man with very sharp, very angular, very noble features, tall, pointed, um, dark brown, uh, elvish ears, uh, and a long, wispy mustache, and a... For an older guy. (laughs) And a long, pointed kind of goatee that extends from his chin, and kind of sparkling, uh, beautiful amber eyes. Damn. As he is lowered to the ground, he rises, he kind of is, is like huddled, uh, like hunched over for a second, uh, and then he lifts his head up and, and looks out at all of you, and you see his face, and he looks to you and uh, Rondri, and he goes, You, my child, I am in debt to you in so many ways. I have trouble knowing whether I will ever be able to repay but know this for now, you have my absolute and entire gratitude. And he walks up to you, Rondri, and uh, wraps his arms around you and embraces you gently. Whispers ow, is going to get ow. in on that hug. Ow, ow, ow. And then he's going to whisper oh, in his ear, he's like, sorry. what about me? <laughs> you called me master like a while ago. <laughs> that I did, yes. That was when I was, I was uh, something else then. Right. But I appreciate all of your help. 
I do. Cool. And uh, uh, and then he starts. He like doubles over and starts to cough. Whoa! <coughs> I didn't do anything. And then he something spits out of his mouth. He regurgitates something. This kind of like about the size of like uh like maybe uh an, what is it um one of those cuties those little those little oranges, oranges. Yeah. yeah yeah one of those <clears throat> he kind of coughs up this thing this very gray dark gray stone that has been carved into the shape of an eye and he coughs it out and it's covered in in mucus and and you know and spit and saliva and stuff like that maybe a little stomach file and he <sighs> maybe. <sighs> And he holds up this stone eyeball and he goes, well, that's a new experience. I'll press to digitate all the muck off it. Mm. Uh, Classic Gallivan. (laughs) I know you're missing that. I love that shit, dude. Clean it. Well, I'm (laughs) sure this will come in handy later. Just hold on to this for now. And he tucks it into his robes. I thought he was going to give it to Rondri. <laughs> Hell nah. Hell nah. Um, but Rondri, at that moment, you look down and your horribly battered and bruised legs, uh, and on them, you see starlight, these neon orange uh, swirls begin to swirl around your feet, and then they clear, and you are wearing these mechanical winged boots you saw earlier in the Chandler's Cottage. They look like Forrest Gump legs. They have braces that Wait go up to the knee. As Rondri, as as you look at them, Rondri, there there are like little reticulated kind of metal arms that kind of go up and like kind of just settle themselves and clink into place around your knees. That was a cool noise. Can you do that again? I don't think I can. <laughs> I honestly don't think I can. We'll just we have it recorded. We'll just sample it and replay it again. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, if somebody wants to sample that and turn it into a song, we will definitely put that at the end of this episode. <laughs> That'd be dope. That would be cool. Well, okay. Rondri's got his two. Who's next? Well, you said by height, did you not? So who's the next uh, tallest? Ooh, uh, I think it's going to be Mr. Crobin. All right. Listen, here's how this is going to go. You clearly <laughs> want to tell us our fates anyway, so... That's a you thing. You can do that if you want. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> uh, Here's something I do want. We're not going to tell you if you don't want it I as one want, of your three fact, boons. I'm, I prefer you don't because I don't. You don't control me anymore. Listen, we're gonna give you some of this destinescence here. Mm-hmm. But I need to feel like I have some modicum of control over my own fate. Well. Like we said before, the bottle for me, one moment, she holds up a finger, one moment, uh, the destinescence will allow me to disperse the possibility contained within it to all the candles in this room, yours included. But you're saying you want more, maybe? Yeah, yeah, let me finish. Please continue. I want to be able to see into the future just a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... That can be arranged, yes. I want you to lend me some of the power that we're giving to you. Hmm. Yes, we can do that. We have, we've had our fill of fate and the future. We can make that happen, Crobin. All right. And 
And you have two more to choose from. And uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to know. He looks at Penn, and uh, then he just shakes his head. And he says, um, that cloak out in the hall. Mm. There was a cloak out there, right? There was, yes. I'm surprised you remembered it. <laughs> it's a very... It's a very good cloak. Tell me what it is. The one wearing it, as you might have noticed, um, one wearing it has bestowed certain abilities to remain out of sight and out of mind from others around them. An ability I think you would find great use in. I'm already not bad at that. What, what is the difference here? What does this thing do? It allows you to go unseen, and it allows you to disappear when even those have already seen you. Here's what I want. I want a cloak where I can make it into any outfit, any time, any clothes that I want to wear can be that. Yes, that can be arranged. All right, okay. Can I hold on to one too? One more. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of right, course. Everyone on. hold on to one, why don't you? I just kind of want to see what everybody else picks. No, that's yeah. fair, that's fair. That's fair, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, okay, if we're going in order of height, Galvin, I think it's you? No, I'm, 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 I'm not that tall. Oh. You always say I'm Sorry. tall, I'm not tall. It's hard for me to tell from all the way down here. <laughs> uh, right, well, I'm not, I just dropped something. I think it broke. Um, oh no! I'm not going to hold on to shit. Here we go. If I'm going to give this to you and be a, yes. a hero and everything, I'm going to need to be stronger. Yes, <laughs> I'm already super strong. I totally know, but... I need to be the strongest. Can you do this? Oh, yes. That can absolutely be arranged. And also, in case any of you are wondering, if you would like more than three, we can also arrange that. But we can only arrange up to three additional. Huh? What? Well, then, yeah, we'll take them. I already demanded four and you said no. Yeah, you were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because you were being pushy. I didn't like that. Yeah, he's kind of rude sometimes, huh? I'm never rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good just, one, Corbin. It's just this time. Uh, whiskers, uh, you, you should just right, continue. Yeah. I want to be super... She like pulls at her collar. I want to be super strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. um, I want those sweet uh, shoulder pads back there. Those are pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. 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 The golden ones, me... right? With the rose? Those bring me close to my goddess. Yeah, we thought you'd like that. And I think... Do you think mm-hmm. you could look, Elijah? They they saved us, and I think I think mm-hmm. Elijah would want to come back. Can you do this? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Actually, wait, wait, hold on. Don't say uh, done. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> she like has her hands halfway yeah, up in like the air. Snuffs the candle. Out again. <laughs> okay, okay. Wait, 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 can I hold on to my third one too? Wow, yes. really? You're really going to do that after all that talk about not holding on to one? Yes, of course you can, but let's try and speed this along. We have a lot of work to do today. And you bring people back to life? We are the fates, young one. <gasps> oh, can you bring the... I know what my third one is. Oracle back? Hmm. S- sorry, did I steal that from you? No. Cool. And that's what we I'm asking We can bring for. back some. If they have already been claimed by one of the gods, 
I'm going to whisper in one of their ears. Can Which one? Bring... Oh, the snuffer. Moira. Moiropa. Moiropa. Hey. Can you bring back Pen's parents? She looks at you. Their eyebrows kind of furrowed. And then she puts her, gestures you to come closer. She puts her hand up to your ear. They're fine. I'm putting my ear up to my mic. That's how I... <laughs> I saw that. that. Was my I wasn't going to say like, anything, but I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Yes, tell me, magic microphone. <laughs> They're fine, Crobin. They're still alive for now. Oh. And you're welcome red. for telling you that. That is going to count as one of your questions. What? I didn't ask any questions. Yes, you did. And she smiles no, a mischievous smile at you, Crobin. What? No, 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 no. <laughs> Crobin still has the dust in essence. Sure does. You won't be pulling any fast ones on us. We've been around the block a few times. Gallivan? Oh. <laughs> oh, what? No, uh, Whiskers just looks at himself. Nothing really happens, so he just stands there like kind of disappointed, but he'll back up. Oh, right, 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 of course. <laughs> Sorry, you're holding on to one. Sorry, we got distracted. <laughs> Crobin here. Um, okay, <laughs> bada boopity boop boo. And she finger guns at you, and orange <laughs> firelight kind of sparkles in your direction. And I finger sword at her. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you finger sword back at her. And the, the sparkles kind of entwine around your finger and work it their way up your up your forearms, which immediately like beef up nice. and then up your biceps which immediately like poof, poof, your buys and tries kind of beef up and then your shoulders poof, poof, beef up your chest poof, your entire body Popeyes out <laughs> you gain no. two plus strength and as your shoulders pop up and get beefier <laughs> suddenly the starlight glimmers into golden pauldrons with ivory roses they're the most beautiful things you've ever seen. They are absolutely exquisitely made. Whiskers uh, looks really happy and backs up. Hell yeah. And flexes a lot. <laughs> very nice, very nice. That was weird. That was so Borat Jesus. <laughs> I was not even trying to. That was just me trying to be Moiropa being Borat instead. <laughs> um, so, Galvin, I think it's up to you. Well, of course. Uh, we already know my first one, which is a small vial of the destinescence. So uh-huh. that is easy. Uh, the second, I saw some interesting mask out there in the in the in your house that <laughs> would be lovely to don. I think it suits me just fine. Oh, that it does! It does mm-hmm. suit you. Thank you, thank you, and it is yours. Thank you, and I want you to bring my father back if possible. I know he is probably with Lumant, and I do not require an answer if you, you know, where he is or whatever that, I do not intend to ask a question, but if you can bring him back. Yes. All right, Crobin. Galavin, it is not possible. I will leave it at that. I thought as much I can feel his presence in the shining of the moonlight. So, then, interesting. I have a choice now. And I think I would like to enter into an arrangement with you, like Crobin's. Hmm. Yes, this can be arranged, of course. Wonderful. Is that all, Galavin? Just the three? 
that is three. Oh, yes, I can ask for more. Interesting. Um, well, let's give you the three, and then we'll go back and circle back on the other ones who haven't decided mm, that. Yes, I think I do not want to get greedy with fate, you know. <laughs> yes. And Loxier snaps her fingers and uh, gestures with the candlestick, and uh, you feel a weight in your pack, Gallivan. And as you reach back, you find this silver mask smiling up at you with a broad grin. I'm gonna flip it, flip it onto my face. Yeah, it's it's like a very simple style kind of face, but it it like fits your face perfectly. And mm. you all look at Galavan, and he's got this like this awesome smiley face uh, mask on. And I use a bonus action to billow my cloak. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so cool! <laughs> wow! He looks like a real hero! Yeah, he does! I think so. Galvin is a hero. <laughs> they all are, really. Thank you, Pen. You know. You're right. No. We are heroes. And Whiskers. That brings me to my third wish, or whatever this is. I'm not going to ask you to tell me my fate, because you've already said that a hero can change their own fate, and... You know, I'm I'm pretty much a hero, right, sir? I'm going to be changing a lot of fates starting today. Sure. Bring Elijah back, baby. Bring them back. Heroes It is done. And then Loxier kind of looks up and kind of, like, rotates the candlestick, like, twists it, like like a lock in a key almost. And as she does, uh, above the candlestick forms a candle. Just an ordinary-looking, like all the others, yellow... Um, kind of tallow candle and then right at the very end as it finishes forming the top a wick pops out and then the light comes on uh, and then the candle flies out of the brass candlestick and begins to float off just drift gently out into the ether yeah he'll be um waiting back in the cottage when you guys get back there we kind of left it back there so but he'll be there thank you yeah thank you (laughs) and also I never got a chance Moiropa to thank you for watching Penn while I Went back for my friends. Oh, think nothing of it, really. We wanted you all here. Indubitably. No. Rondry? Crobin? They just stare at you all. I don't think that they can promise me what I want. Try us. You're already so intent on dragging Pen deeper and deeper into whatever danger is going on in this world. It is not our will. You're the fates. Pen's life exists beyond our realm, in the realm of destiny. Can you protect her? They nod. Yes, absolutely. Do you have any control at all over her fate? Some. But, granted, not all. I just want Pen to be returned safely to her family. Thank you, Crobin. Is that something that you can? Is that something that you can give? That is something that exists in the material plane. That is something that we cannot ensure happens. We can aid that in happening, but we cannot ensure that that happens. As we have now entered into uncharted territory, fates are changing even as we speak with every word. So it's really up to us then. Yes. Then can you make me more up to that task? How would you like us to do that? I just want to be better at what I already know how to do. 
as a plus two dex. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see. They nod knowingly, knowing exactly what you're talking about. I didn't want to say it in front of the girl, you know. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in front of the child. In front of the yeah. child. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Hold on. We're going to talk real quick. And the fates turn away. They huddle on their own. And they turn back. <laughs> okay, so, Crobin, we're going to let that little trick you pulled on us slide. Okay? But I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. And she kind of winks and scrunches her face up at you. Can I do a deception check? Yeah, you can. 18. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. And you want to be better at what you do. So we're going to count that as your third thing. Got it? Yeah. Okie dokie. All right, then. I'll pack Robin on the back. And badly booby. And she snaps her fingers, finger swords at you, Crobin. And you feel your whole body get lighter, more lithe. And as you do, as you're kind of like moving your hands around with greater dexterity, uh, you I'm notice. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, you're kind of holding your hands up. I'm like, <laughs> and you're, you're I noticing. do feel faster. You're not like karate chop. Yeah, you're doing like cartwheels and little karate chops around the room. Whiskers like is kid. actually doing that. I'm like, like pretending to slit school. a bunch of throats real quick. <laughs> oh, wow. <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> you get your garota and start chopping some candles in half. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like. And they're just uh, watching and hard. Like, power, just all these candles going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, whatever you're doing as you're doing it, you notice all of a sudden that you are wearing this storm, like as if you didn't even notice its appearance on you. You are now suddenly wearing this storm cloud gray cloak draping off your back, feeling as light as air. Okay, well, it looks like the only one who hasn't picked the third one is you, Rondri. I want to know by fate. Ooh, okay, that's fun. That's really fun. This is so exciting for us. We don't get to do this. Okay. Yes, well, I'm very interested too. This will be exciting. Everybody, strap in. And the fates join hands facing you, Rondri. And they come up to you and they encircle you as they're holding hands. And they begin to walk in a slow circle around you as they all are making eye contact with you. You go from the small child Clotho up to the tall Loxier, down a little bit more to the shorter Moiropa, the walking pile of laundry. And as they begin to circle you, they begin to glow with a white light and they begin to speak to you in a kind of otherworldly tone. Your parents abandoned you for another world. Your divine forebears are with you always, and not just in your blood. You will find your parents and forsake your family. By your own relations' hand were two gods slain, one your own. You will avenge the tinker and recover the weapon used to rip him asunder. You will make the swim fin legacy blossom once more, your work opening the world to a new age of wonders. In the end, you will be one of those fated to gather the keys. In a grand familial tradition, you will topple tyrants and challenge the divine order itself. 
causing great, unprecedented chaos. Your name will be known to your people until the end of time, which you will live to see. Whiskers looks to the others and he's like, that's kind of off eight too. That's kind of off eight too. And Krobin, they, if, if Krobin wasn't such a good actor, his ears would be really perked up right now, but he's playing it cool as hell. <laughs> but that was so intriguing though. <laughs> Specifically. And they, they all, they back away from you, Rondri, and they go, this is the fate of the little one who knows all and nothing. And then they break hands and they all kind of just back up and look at you, and they're all kind of looking at each other like, well, we've never done that before. And then they uh, look to you, Rondri, and they're like, well, was that, I don't know, what's that like? It's kind of heavy. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense, depending on like what we, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> it was, it, it was a lot. Don't worry, Rondri, we'll help you carry the load. Always. I put my hand on Rondri's shoulder. I'll put my hand on Krobin's shoulder. I'll put my hand on my own shoulder. Uh, Pen comes up and just <laughs> puts her hand on your shoulder, Whiskers, on your waist. I'm just kidding. I will join in the chain. <laughs> Pen will, yeah, Pen, Pen has her hand out to you. The Galvin, like, come on, come I know, on. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> it was very we, funny. Get over here. We're having a moment. We are the yes. Heroes Club. <laughs> we can talk about what we call ourselves maybe another time. Too late. Aren't... It's so... been fated. Heroes Club. <laughs> yeah, baby. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of... So cool. Do we still have so, extra questions? Uh, are you asking me, Jamie? Yeah. I'm just a little... We got... Do we get extras? Is that what you said before, or am I confused? So, no, no. Uh, so basically, you all have asked... You all have gotten your three boons... Uh, if you're talking about the thing with you where they thought you were like trying to trick them and they were like, oh, that counts as one of your questions. Um, they just like let that one slide, basically. So you all have your three things. And uh, yeah, you can you can ask for more if you wish, like they said, or you can call it here. No, we should definitely ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm content. Obviously. I can I'm... tell some of you long for more. We are ready to deliver. I'll let fate take it. Take me where it will, where I will go. Mm, very funny. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, okay. I liked it. <laughs> Thank you, little one. So, are we done here, or what? Like, can we get the destined essence? Like, you guys done good, or you want more? Like, yeah, I don't know. I want, I want, I want a shield for Pen. Something cool. That she well, can... we can. Extend her life a little bit if you want. Like so she'll get really old? Well, no, we can give her a longer life. Like, however she goes down, uh, we'll make it so she doesn't. We're not going to let yes. that happen. Yeah, We're but like it's, it's like an insurance policy, you know? <laughs> you know all about that, right? <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. But don't worry, Pen. We're never going to let... We're just, never. We're not gonna need this insurance policy. That's what insurance Right, no, means. but I get it. Like, it's a dangerous world that we're in. People want to kidnap me and put me in boxes. I get it. I have something to ask. Uh, whatever you're done, Krobin. Uh, let, yeah, let's deal with this Krobin thing, and then um, let's uh, do it. So... That's it. Okay, uh, you want us to extend Pan's uh, life. 
Okay, Moiropa, that's kind of your territory. Yes, I know. I'm on it. Ask and ye shall receive. And she kind of swirls her hands around and points them at Pen. And nothing seems to happen. But she goes, yeah, no, nothing's going to happen now. But like when it comes time, I'm going to I'm gonna intervene and, you know, not snuff you. So that's what I'll do. Nice. Hey, I just want to say that so far, despite all my misgivings, it seems like things are going, you know, pretty above board here. And They're I pretty great, actually. I mean, this is... <laughs> It's we aren't pleasant. trying to deceive you. This is, we're offering exactly what we said. But I understand your misgivings. You've had a rough, mistrustful life, Croven. He and wants to say you don't know me, but they totally do. Yeah, <laughs> they totally do. Rest assured, we will live up to our end of the bargain, and we will hope that you will live up to yours when we collect on the IOU later. Rondry. I, I don't want this as a boon, but just a general question. I, I had an idea. Do you uh -huh. happen to have any extra metal lying around or, or suits of armor? I mean, not lying around the cottage. Why? Right, right. I just, I have an idea. Raji pulls open his book and he starts writing down. And If anybody's looking, he's sketching this like really cool big suit of armor. Oh, yeah. Is it one that we all wear and then combine into one giant form? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally oh, cool yeah, time. it is. Of course <laughs> it is. I'm going to let that happen. Quest <laughs> so do you need anything from us, young swimfins? No, no. I just I, I had this idea and I got to get it out. Get it out, then. Does anybody else require anything else? We so look forward to everything that will follow now. Yeah, hey, thanks for everything. No, thank you. Genuinely. Wonderful. And then they oh. each uh, reach their hand out. Wait, and wait, as wait. They we need to huddle up. Extend their palms. <laughs> the, their palms are immediately filled. Uh, apparating in the middle of their palms are the bottles of Destinescence. Oh. And where's, where's mine? My little one? Ah, uh, yes, of course. You get a shot. And she... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's she pulls out a tiny... <laughs> yeah, yeah. She pulls out a tiny little vial and she looks to you and she goes trust me you will feel it with this much and she takes the destinescence bottle of hers she uncorks it and it like this mercurial kind of smoke kind of drifts out and sparkles and kind of is there but also isn't there mm. and she pours a tiny bit it, it's like a smoke almost that she's pouring in there and uh, she corks it and she floats it out over to you I'll grab it yeah and I'll say Cheers. Cheers. Throw it back. Yeah, it is a very strange sensation, Galvin. Uh, you feel <laughs> this cold, warm tingling that goes down your throat and then immediately fills your entire essence. And it makes you feel like you can kind of do anything. Uh, and that you have greater control over your life. Ooh. And I'll tell you what that means a little later. But it's you feel, you feel like you can control uh, your fate a little bit more. All right. Excellent. Well, and they kind of uh, stash the destinescence in their on their persons. How about we get to this little girl's destiny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh my God! Right. Come on. Let's let's no. let's get to it. Yes. Oh, wait. oh no! I'm just Why so we came here, isn't it? It definitely is. It so is. Well, then let's do it. Okay. And uh, Clotho gestures up 
and starts like like pretending to lasso something up in the in the void of space and then pulling it down. And she's like pulling really hard. It's like, <laughs> and you see that this this orange uh, light comes zoom zooming through space and she grabs it out of the air. You see this candle, a very normal looking candle, save for a closer examination, you see a thin sliver of gold that seems to run in a spiral pattern from t- the top of the candle to the bottom of the pe- candle. Now take note of this candle, for what you are looking at here is a rare marvel indeed. An exceedingly interesting deviation in mortal life cycles. Known in the old words as Titan Ex Mortalis. Or Titan from Mortal. And to understand the full extent of this, we must give you a short history lesson. Yeah! Well, you see... And then Clotho kind of gestures up to the void of space. Before even the gods, at the dawn of, well, him, a titan called Eon ruled the domain of time. And as they swish their hands and describe everything that follows, in the distance forms the shape of all of these little candlelights form a giant picture of a colossal humanoid figure that animates as they talk, he does what they describe. Now, after many inexpressible long, inexpressibly long periods of this time, Eon came to a conclusion. He was miserable. You see, in order for time to be, Eon had to hold it up. It being the immeasurably heavy burden of time. He had to hold it up over his head to keep it spinning, to keep it always moving and always moving forward. And after all this time, he had finally come to see his all-powerful domain for what it was an eternal punishment. For what, he did not know, but, but that knowledge, along with the weight of literally all of time itself, weighed heavy on him. With all of the titans locked away, and his, uh, his you know, Solene and uh, Lamund far younger than he, um, he had no one to talk to who would understand. No one except his brother, the titan Nod. But Nod was imprisoned far off in the nigh-infinite abyss of the astral plane. Not only that, but he was kept under close watch by Selene herself and forbidden visitors. Nevertheless, Eon was beleaguered and desperately full of resentment. So he snuck past Selene's watchful gaze and visited his brother Nod in his prison in the stars. They spoke, sharing news of their remarkably similar lonely lives. And before long, they had fallen back into their old familiarity and told each other of their deepest grievances. Again, Eon was in a terribly dark place, literally and figuratively, the likes of which which none of us could hardly fathom. I stress this because what he did next was what some might consider a little bit uh, rash. Truly, only those two beings truly know what was said there um, that day, but, but the events that followed speak for themselves. Eon came plummeting back to Span, and fast, festooned with astral rocks and other debris he had gathered while rocketing through the astral plane. He fell from the sky 1,849 of your mortal years ago. At which point Pen like, screws up her face in thought for a second, and then lets out a small gasp, and she goes, The Shadowstalk Comet? And the fate nods. Uh, yes, from what we heard, it was quite a calamity. Uh, I even think we might have heard it from here. <laughs> but then again, that might have just been one of the cats knocking something over. Anyway, it is said Eon did not return alone. He bore with him a child. 
the offspring of Nod, a child of pure chaos and wanton destruction. Now, to explain how he was able to do this, you'll need another very quick painless history lesson. You see, in the beginning of creation and everything that is and was, there were seven titans, seven primordial immortal beings of unimaginable power. With no exaggeration, they were the universe itself. And the most powerful of these titans was Nod. How they came to be, Selene only knows. Well, maybe not even her. But anyway, there they were, these seven titans. And one day, for equally unknowable reasons, but what is widely accepted to have been probably a good move, the twin gods, Solene and Lamund, walked all the titans away. For, you see, the titans, being ancient elder forces of immense power, were entirely eternal. No being, even another of its kind, could kill a titan. But being as powerful as they are, no ordinary prison would do. They would simply break free. And Neon was left free on the condition that he who creates, it was he who created the Titan's eternal selves. These confinements were displaced from time, frozen in its infinity itself, so that none but Eon could ever release them. They were called Tartaron. Back to Eon. So, the Titan of Time had come to some arrangement with his old, forgotten brother Nod. He would deliver to the world his offspring, an offspring begotten from none but himself. A fun trick that gods and titans can do sometimes. So Nod pulled this child from himself, it is said, and Eon agreed to unfreeze Nod's prison, his Tartaron, for the slightest, most infinitesimal fraction of time, just long enough to allow the child to be freed. And then Eon delivered the child in a way that only a male would, cataclysmically. And you see the starlights forming this colossal figure that is this giant ball of rock and space debris plummeting from the sky with a long black and gold colored trail behind it, cradling something. Alas, although it was the great sprawling empire of Omnigaiga's last day, Spanth was not destroyed. Thanks to the sacrifice of a woman, of course, <laughs> the first goddess of the sea, Phylus, ripped apart the vast singular landmass, splitting it into the smaller continents that make up your mortal world today, taking the full force of the impact herself, remarkably and impossibly killing her. I believe you all call this the marring, but most of the gods just call it the day we found out we could die. But that was the, just the beginning of the devastation, for this child was sent to do one thing and one thing alone. Take revenge for Nod. But you all know that story. <laughs> Those heroes of yours, the Paragons, they fought the nameless child of Nod alongside the gods. The nameless child of Nod loses, Solene herself annihilating it and casting its lifeless husk into the sea where its black blood, uh, you know, his blood blackened the water for all time, creating the bar, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, the only, only interesting part for that for us was that it was also the day that we immortals realized that Titans could die. So Lean was powerful enough to kill a Titan, which raised the question, if Soline could kill a Titan, why imprison them? Why not just destroy them all? This plot disturbed many of the gods, Anyway, back to Eon. So Eon was a titan, so the fall from the heavens could not kill him, but it did reduce him to merely his barest moat of energy. And as he lay there in the rubble, semi-conscious, 
bloodied and bruised, a pitiful invalid, near paralyzed with pain, the gods stood over him in furious judgment. Rodane and Tholdeus stewed. What were they to do with him? They had to ensure he could never do anything of that kind again. Solene the Titan Slayer was nowhere to be found. So the only sure bet the gods had was gone. Some of them even tried their hand at it to see if they were capable of the same destruction Mother Light was, but none were able. They were pretty stuck. They would have liked to have locked him away with the rest of the Titans, of course, but, but Eon was the only one powerful enough to create a Tartaron that he, you know, that could hold himself. And besides, even if they could, who knew what sort of dire consequences that could have on the ebb and flow of time? All that they knew was that things must change. Unfortunately, the goddess of change, Thylus of the Sea, had just been killed, which left everyone in a bit of a spot. So they deliberated. And in the end, much to everyone's surprise, it was Rezul, god of undeath and memory, who stepped forward with the solution that they chose. A rather ingenious idea, actually. Rather than allowing Eon's titanic energy to regrow, his divine spark would be placed into a confinement of a different sort, a mortal body. And once that body died, the energy would be reincarnated into a new, random mortal body. And so on, and so on. Furthermore, to prevent Eon the Titan from ever returning and taking possession of his mortal carrier, he would be completely stripped of his memory. So, with that, the problem of Eon the Betrayer Titan was solved. Titan Ex Mortalis began, and the Horologans were born. Horologan is the name for the mortal in possession of this divine spark of Eon. It is said that if the mortal were ever to unequivocally learn they were in possession of such power, they could learn to tap into it, to control it. <laughs> now, of course, there have been countless Horologans over the ages, but only two have ever come to learn the truth of it. Well, until today, that is. Our pen here is the third Horologan. The third to discover the truth of the potential that rests within them. But to say that the third Horologan is different from the two who came before would be the understatement of, well, literally all time. <laughs> For, you see, the third Horologan is unique. One whose coming has been widely anticipated by some and widely feared by more. This uniqueness comes from the simple fact that our almighty pain-in-the-ass mother, Vale, has only ever made one prophecy herself in all her years. The name of this prescient proclamation is the same in every tongue spoken in your world. You might even know of it. Finality. It is the telling of the coming of the end. In finality, mother decrees that should Eon ever return to the world, it would be the end of him, the end of time, the end of everything. Honestly, it's a bit long, and it sort of feels like she's just rambling by the end. And of course, stunningly vague and cryptic. But you know, become the god of destiny and make a prophecy and most people will listen. <laughs> the one thing finality does make exceedingly clear, though, pertaining to our little group today, 
Shakespeare's uh, mutual interest, is the catalyst of finality, that which foretells its beginning, the awakening of the third Horologan, the one mother calls the, the Kronos. The Fate's eyes all go black as they say this, and wow. Pen is lifted up into the air wow. as wind begins to whip around her as she looks around, confused and dumbstruck with shock. You find yourselves frozen. It is said there will be four that will aid the Kronos on their path, they who are fated. The Kronos has a terrible purpose to inflict doom on all the world. They are known by many names. The World Razor, the Herald of Dust, Sudon Karis. But the strongest truth of the Kronos can be found in the old words, as Kronos translates to as the words leave their mouths, the air reverberates with a horrible metallic warbling. Pen's eyes and mouth burst with white light as she goes limp, her form lifted higher into the black void. Nearby candles become sucked into her chaotic vortex as wind whips around all of you so hard it threatens to lift you off the insubstantial ground. The candles begin to orbit Pen faster and faster until finally they fly so quickly they appear to form three rings around Pen, who is now screaming as if dying, with her voice and another's. A booming, otherworldly scream of the ages that seems to make time stand still, and considering the circumstances, it very well might be. The pained howl echoes into eternity. There is a resounding cosmic crash throughout the void around you that assaults and pressurizes your heart and your eardrums so intensely, you begin to feel as if you may burst from the inside out. You cannot move, frozen in place by the strain required to confront this pulverizing force. The world around you blurs and shakes, your muscles seizing as it takes all your strength to hold your body together. And just when you feel as if your individual cells are going to shoot away from each other like cannonballs all fired in different directions, everything goes That's the end of the episode. Shit. Yeah, we know. Wow. Yeah, I was like, if you don't end it there, why? What a mistake. <laughs> yeah, what exactly. a mistake. Oh, yeah, what a what? mistake. Yeah, what a mistake. What a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. Cool. Uh, just a long series of them, really. I mean, yeah. this should be called point. a series of unfortunate fake. mistakes. <laughs> that's actually the name of book one i was gonna come up with the name of book one at the end of the arc but you've hit the nail on the head jared that's Somebody it snicket did a couple years ago perfect well he inspired us let's for yeah. merchandising sakes we're gonna say for merchandising sake. for merchandising yeah. sakes well you know all our merch um, oh that's sweet mqbd merch <laughs> which is available now on the episode description right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. <laughs> cool thank you all for listening very much we love you please help us out by subscribing <laughs> rating we and reviewing we did. yeah get away from us before it's too late yeah. oh god <laughs> what did you do? but seriously help us out by subscribing rating and reviewing it really helps us reach new people which we really want to do and if you write us a review we will give you a shout out on our sweet little podcast 
And if you tell a friend, complete the Tell It Two Friends challenge and let us know by social media or email or what have you, we're going to name a character in the world after you, maybe. And we, at the very least, will shout you out and at the very most, fucking appreciate the hell out of it. And if you are so generous, if you have a bunch of cash that you're like, God, this cash is burning a hole in my pocket. I wish my, this podcast I listen to, I wish they could benefit from it. We have a Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash MQBD. It's a tip jar of sorts. You can find that link in the description for this episode or on any of our social media pages. If you want to throw a little cash our way, you can literally choose any amount, $1, $5, $10,000, whatever. Just throw it our way. And we would really appreciate it. And we will definitely make you a character in the world okay like for real um because we those are i mean like that helps us keep this podcast going oh yeah um, yeah thank you speaking of shout outs our shout out for today is the glorious oh the oh so glorious paris hercules maletti that is his actual middle name, name. Um, yeah, the, Paris is a friend of mine. I don't have any problems saying that. He's my best dog. He's in Australia right now as I'm saying that. He's the best. Um, he gave us a shout out on Instagram. And uh, thanks, Paris. You're the man, I think. Yeah. Why, yeah. Fly us out to Australia, Paris. Yeah. Why don't yeah, you? Yeah, we want to enter Paris, Australia. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Paris, I Australia. forgot. That's clever. Sure. There is now. <laughs> There probably is a Paris in every country, right? There's a Paris, Texas. There definitely is a Paris, Texas. Thank you, Eric DeLong, for writing the music. Thank you, Sarah Paul, for editing. Guys, our song is dead. We can't do it over Zoom. Send us your song. We play it. We all happy. Sound good? Okay. (laughs) Thank you guys very much. You can send it to us or ask us questions or talk to us at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter and Instagram and use our hashtag MQBD and we want to talk to you, you know? We want to talk about all the crazy shit that these guys have just inflicted on the world. Yep. So please, um, <laughs> you know, please let us know what you think about all this. Thank you all for listening very much. Tune in next week to find out what happens next. Bye. 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 <laughs> wow. Do you like bad movies? Well, Terry, no further, my friends. Starring Emma Roberts is a new podcast where seven friends write seven different parts of a script to write one movie. The twist is that the writer can only see the section before theirs. This makes for an unforgettable movie experience. Our three-part Christmas special is out December 14th, wherever you listen to podcasts, with more scripts to come in the next couple months. Follow us at Starring Emma Roberts on Instagram and Starring Emma Rob on Twitter for updates and more side splitters.